the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. I really hope you are enjoying the City Hill London art exhibition. This gallery is popping. So this beautiful piece, also done by the amazing, the incredible, the genius, the the phenom, Apollo Ekudo. This piece was about a series we did a while back, or a talk, a one-off talk, called He Who Is Without Sin cast the first hashtag. I'm gonna play you a small snippet now from something my wife recently shared when we were looking through the book of James because it's just so poignant and so to the point. So we're in 2019 now and I feel like there's never been so many platforms to express your views, your thoughts and to talk. And in this day and age, we're encouraged to speak our truth. Trina and I were talking about that this morning. We're encouraged to speak up, to speak out. So James chapter three almost seems countercultural to what we've been told to do. Um, Reining it in or putting a guard on your tongue actually almost doesn't seem natural right now. So many verses in Proverbs talk about the tongue and about what you say and about your speech and about how what you say matters. But I think that it would be naive in this day and age to not also extend that to social media, to Twitter, to Instagram, to any platform or anywhere that you are sharing words. I've worked in online publishing for 10 years now and I am still shocked to this day by some of the vitriol, the nastiness, the trolling that I see every single day across all sorts of um, platforms. And even Christians themselves, I've seen Christians like, share and retweet blatantly racist stuff, blatantly homophobic, homophobic, offensive, loads of stuff. And it's still quite shocking. And James even says we are not perfect. He's not expecting us to be perfect. God's not expecting us to be perfect, but we have to try. We really, really do. The Bible says clearly that there is power in the tongue. The tongue has the power to bring life and death. And so what we say to people really does matter. It can last a lifetime, whether good or bad. Casual, sarcastic, critical words cause long-lasting emotional hurt. You can just think about the times that people have said things to you. Like, I, I replay conversations in my head all the time, things that people have said. Um, I wish they would try now. <laughs> you can go back to when you're 15. You've, got, you've probably got a comeback for everything that's ever said to you now. But, um, yeah, kind words, by contrast, kind words, positive words, encouragement, compliments can really inspire people and change people's life. In one of these publishing houses that um, I worked in, I was trained in um, a program that cost £15,000 a month to host. So if your company or organisation had enough money, you could collect data about every single social media platform and who was using it. So for example, you could type in the necessary things and you could find out what a 13-year-old, I don't know, um, girl in Storrington was Googling or tweeting about. So you could then change your content to relate to that area, boost your stats, and obviously make more money. And some of you might think, who cares? You can do that now. You can get so much information, like Facebook ads is proof that it's working. There's lots of technology that can do that and that can gather information. But what this particular program did 
was that it could also recall every single deleted post across every single platform. That's Twitter, Facebook, any forum. So we're there kind of tweeting, posting, sharing things. Sometimes you get a bit like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, and you delete it quickly. Back in those days, people weren't really screen grabbing things, but um, it's never really, really gone. It's never gone. And whilst I was there, this program was actually being used in the trial of a famous celebrity. I won't, I can't go into details. Um, we actually had to dis- to sign um, clauses and they went to court. Um, the media didn't really pick up on it, but the fact that they deleted something that was offensive, thought that it was gone, but this program could pull it out of the other. Once it's out there, it actually is out there. So, quote James, this is scary. I think in today's market, the crazy thing is the tongue is, it is still as, as wild as ever to control, but we've created these new digital mediums like you've just heard. And actually, we don't filter, we don't control it, we don't rein it in, and we feel like no one's watching. The problem is, at some point or other, you're going to find out they are. At some point or other, you're going to make an application for a grant for your business, for your charity. You're going to be rejected because they're going to have seen something you've said at some point on social media that they don't want to be associated with. And you're going to miss out because of that. You may retweet something in banter. You may think it's funny. You may repost something on Instagram. You may share something on Facebook that someone is going to see at some point and it is going to bite you in the butt. Many of us, if we look at, say, Michael Gove recently in the conservative race, he was doing great for Tory leader, but he lost out because other politicians, other people who were doing the rounds, who were in the know, knew that years ago he had taken some hardcore drugs and they hadn't brought it out. They kept it like an ace in the back of their pocket and boom, slapped it on the table. That was it. His race slowly started to falter and he was knocked out of the runnings. What's interesting about that is I mean, social media wasn't even about then. This was just kind of a bit of hearsay, something that he'd spoken about, something that someone knew, and it was true. What if today you were living your life and you were just doing things how you want to do things, but you don't realize in 10 years' time you want to run as an MP, you want to run as a politician, and now actually you've shared all these thoughts and all these different things on all these different social media platforms, and they're there publicly, and they're never going to go away. And one day they're going to come back and haunt you. He who is without sin, cast the first hashtag. We love to show a bit of indignation and judgment when we hear that someone's done something foolish and we're quick to fire off a tweet, quick to fire off a post, quick to write something. Facebook asks us what we're thinking and sometimes we're foolish enough to tell it and everyone else around us. Some have even made jokes when they're going on holiday, jetting off to, to Africa I remember a story a few years ago where a girl, a girl got on a plane before she did. She made a joke about an AIDS joke, which she thought was funny. Going to Africa, probably going to catch AIDS. By the time her plane took off, everything was normal in her life. By the time her plane landed, her what she thought was a little joke among her followers had been retweeted tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times. It got to her employers and she had now lost her job. Something she had meant as a tongue-in-cheek joke had caused such great offence on social media 
that she was now unemployed. But not only unemployed, but actually I know of people who have been in situations where they have talked and shared openly in the public domain about their mental health. And then it's come to applying for a job and people have found that when you Google this particular person, you find out about some of the baggage of what they've experienced. They've shared bravely to help others who are going through the same thing, but actually they're now finding it difficult to transition and move into different jobs because you have a little Google, you can see these things. I mean, all of these things are just employment, aren't they? But what about the things that we've said and the things that we've shared online that have caused offense among our friends? Some of our friends will come up to us and say, this is what you said, this is bang out of order, this is wrong. Some of them won't. Some of them will just see it and go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm dodging that person. Man, did you see what they tweeted there? I think that's kind of racist. I think that's kind of xenophobic. I think they're a xenophobe. People look at these things. Now, the book of James, as Jody shared, gives us so much insight into the damage of our words and how we are to tame them. But actually, I feel we need to be so much more careful in today's world, not just with what we say, but what we post. Because sometimes the words that we say, someone can hear it in front of us and they could tell someone else, but someone else might not believe that we said it or we meant that intent. But when anyone can retweet it, anyone can screen grab it, a screenshot, share it around, pass it around to friends, this is such a dangerous time to be alive. But it's also an amazing opportunity for us to be people that don't point the finger going round and round and round like a paradox of judgment. But it's an incredible opportunity for us to extend grace, love, compassion, mercy towards those who are the perpetrators and the victims. That we can be a part of seeing God's kingdom come here and now in our social media, in our language, in the words that we use, in the things that we share, in the things that we can do. We can show ourselves to be different. We can have the mentality of he who is about sin, cast the first hashtag. really hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london